In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Friends, will you stand with me and sing together our opening hymn, O Come All Ye Faithful. seated. Merry Christmas. It's finally here, that uh, holiday where we all say all year long, I can't believe it's almost Christmas. Well, it is. It's here. Now Christmas is here, this wonderful holiday where we celebrate the coming of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus into this earth, the Savior of all of our sins. And uh, we thank you for being here with us today. We're glad you decided to join us and worship this special day with us here at Cherokee Presbyterian. Um, just a, a quick word for the good of the order here on the service. Uh, you'll notice all the hymns that we're going to sing today are right here printed in your bulletin. Um, we're going to be sit, seated for most of these hymns. There'll be just a few that we'll stand for, and I will let you know uh, with those hymns that we stand for those, like I said, for the rest we'll be seated for. 
Um, also, if you have not gotten a candle, we're going to be using these towards the end of the service. Um, you can go see one of the ushers in the, um, in the, in the hallway, and they'll get you one. So everyone grab hold of one of these candles, if you would. Um, also, uh, let you know, I think uh, there are some poinsettias. If you ordered poinsettias today, remember to take your uh, poinsettias after the service is over as well. And don't forget that we're going to have service here tomorrow morning. Um, yes, it's one of those years where uh, Christmas falls on a Sunday. We will have worship here. Um, we're going to meet actually 9.30 for breakfast. Worship will start at 10. It'll be very casual. Uh, just come, uh, just dress casually in your pajamas if, you know, that's the kind of thing you want to show up in. Um, but we welcome you all here. If you're, if you're brave enough to go out there and uh, brave the, the, the cold that I know will be there tomorrow morning, uh, but we'd love to have you for our Christmas service tomorrow. But tonight is a service that is our, our Christmas Eve service. And uh, tonight we gather to celebrate the story of Christmas and all the depths and all the rich, richness of what that has come to mean as us as individuals and as a culture. And this is truly an epic story. It really is. It's got all the great elements that any great story has. It's a, there's a looming evil. There's a dark shadow cast over the land. There's a prophecy of a promised Messiah who will deliver his people from darkness, who will go head to head with the evil of this world and defeat that evil. But this is just one part of the story. Part two of the story continues with the ministry of Christ. Now part three, of course, is the great climax of the story, the death and the resurrection of our Lord and the ultimate victory of our Savior. But even that is not the end of the story. In fact, with this story, the conclusion has yet to be written. Except that's not entirely true. The conclusion has been written. It's not yet been done. The story ends with the return of our king and the finished work of the kingdom of God. So tonight we come and we celebrate the beginning of the story. It is a story that only God could tell. It is the story that forms the basis of this, our most celebrated holiday in the entire world. In fact, it is such a beloved holiday that even unbelievers celebrate it. It's like they can't help but be inspired by this unexpected and beautiful tale of God coming down to be man. And with his coming, he brings redemption, glory, and eternal life. Now, this story begins, as is fitting, at the beginning. It begins at the very beginning of the world, just after creation has been completed. The earth is new. The first man and woman are placed in a garden paradise to watch over and guard it. And this is a good world, a world that when God looked at it, he said, it is very good. There is no sin or evil in this place, no want or starvation. There's no pain. There's no misery. The man and woman who live there, they exist in a happy state. 
In fact, they're, they're so comfortable with themselves and the world around them, they don't even feel the need to wear clothes. And God walks among them in the cool of the evening. This is a world without doubt. This is a world without fear. This is a world with no loneliness, no depression, no anxiety. And there's only one rule in this garden. Only one rule that God has given the man and woman that they must live by. That there is a tree in the middle of the garden. And it holds the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. You must not eat that, God says. For if you do, in that day you will die. Now a serpent enters the garden. And the serpent tricks the man and woman. And he appeal, does it by appealing to their vanity and pride. It's not true that you will die, the serpent says. It's not true at all. In reality, this fruit will make you like God. You will know good and evil. Desiring to be like God, they disobey and they eat. A sudden shame comes over the man and woman. They see their nakedness and cover it up, frightened for the very first time of God. Listen to these words as it is said in Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent tricked me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, curse to you among all animals and among all wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. And because you have listened, Adam, to the voice of your wife, you have eaten of the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. You are dust. And to dust you shall return.
So we leave this man and woman here as a curse has fallen upon them. And not just upon them, but upon all of mankind. An infection that is called sin is now part of all nature, not just human nature, but all of nature. This infection spreads wherever human beings go. War, violence, hate, division, pain, hunger, disease. Sin and death now become the rule of what was once God's perfect paradise. It seems that the serpent has claimed his victory, that the world belongs to him now, under the reign of the kingdom of darkness. But it is in this setting that God begins the work of his redemption. This redemption begins with one man, one one solitary man, a wandering Aramean of extraordinary faith. His name is Abraham. And he was a man who was willing to give what was most precious to him to serve his God. Listen to these words from the book of Genesis. The angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you. And I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies. And by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain a blessing for themselves. Because you have obeyed my voice. This was a promise made through this one man. That from him, that all nations of the earth will be blessed. Abraham was the seed from which was planted the nation of Israel. And it was from the nation of Israel that would come the righteous branch of our Savior, Jesus Christ.
Now I would like to invite the youth of our church uh, to come forward to lead us in the lighting of our Advent candle. We have watched, we have waited in hope. For peace. In joy. With love. Now our redemption draws near. Hear the word of the Lord from Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken on as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son is given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of its hosts will do this. Glory to God in the highest. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray together the prayer printed in your bulletin. Good and gracious God, on this holy night, you gave us your Son, the Lord of the universe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, the Savior of all, lying in a manger. On this holy night, draw us into the mystery of your love. Join our voices with the heavenly host that we may sing your glory on high. Shepherds, that we may find the one for whom we have waited, Jesus Christ, the Messiah and Lord who lives and reigns with you in the unity of Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Imagine the setting now in our story, a small, solitary nation, a nation unlike any of those around it, a nation formed by the righteous people of God, the only ones in the entire world. 
And they were surrounded on all sides by enemies. As they, the only nation, holds truth and righteousness. Given the divine law of God. On all sides, on all their edges, pressing down tight around them, looms the dark kingdom. Full of lies and sin and evil. And these people, as they have journeyed, as they have built, they have suffered much. And they have endured much. When they were obedient, they were unstoppable. Fueled by their faith and carried on to victory by the Spirit of God. But this infection of sin touches even God's own people. The serpent continues his dark work, setting rot into the people of Israel. Soon disaster follows disaster. The people of Israel are conquered. They are exiled. They are ground under the heel of their enemies. And it seems like everything is lost. It is just at this moment, when everything seems the most desperate, that a prophecy is given. A child will be born. A Savior will be given. One who will restore all that is lost. One who will come and break the power of evil and darkness. Listen as it is spoken in the prophet Isaiah. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the earth, as the waters cover the sea.
Now the appointed time has arrived. The Messiah promised from so long ago is ready to be born. And it is a young girl that is chosen to bear the Messiah. Listen as it is spoken in the words of the gospel according to Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. So she was much perplexed by, the, by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. So we see here the announcement of our promised Messiah. And in this we see that he boasts a rare lineage indeed. He comes to us fully God and fully human. From his mother's side, Mary, he gets his human side, fully human, human like all of us, having all the weaknesses and vulnerabilities of being human, having to experience the pains and all the hardships of being human. Even the curse brought into this world through Adam and Eve, the curse that is upon all human nature, this is upon his nature as well. But he's more than man. He is also God. From his Father, he is given a fully divine nature, the Word incarnate, the Word made flesh. And in this, he is given the power to overcome the curse of Adam. He is given the power to overcome and to conquer evil, the power to vanquish sin and death. This is the light that will end the reign of darkness.
listen to these words from the gospel according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn.
Listen to these words from the gospel according to Luke. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you was born this day in the city of David a Savior who is a Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go down to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. So we see here in our story now, the Messiah is born. He's wrapped in swaddling clothes and he is laid in a manger. It says there was no room for them in the inn. Actually, in the earliest traditions, it's not a stable like the one behind me. It's actually a cave that our Lord is born in. Whatever it is, it's not the most accommodation, accommodating of accommodations. It's certainly not a auspicious beginning for one who's going to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But an announcement goes out of this birth, as all births are announced. This one is announced and told by angels. But it's not announced to kings or to princes. It's not announced to the powerful and mighty. Instead, the message in the announcement of this birth goes to shepherds. Men who we are told are keeping watch over their flocks by night. Why was it given to these men? Why was it not given to the priests or to the kings? Why was it not given to the, to the rabbis? to the religious people or the political rulers of their day. You see, this message was given to shepherds because the Savior born was to be a king, but he was not like the kings they were used to, not like the rulers that we're used to as well. This is not going to be one like the corrupt and self-serving politicians that have made up governments in all times and in all places since the very first day that governments came into place. Now, this king is going to be a shepherd. It's going to be a good shepherd. It's a shepherd that will lead his people with love and compassion. And the shepherd will do what only a good shepherd can. He will lay his life down for his sheep. For as he lays his life down, he claims victory over sin and evil. As both the good shepherd and a sacrificial lamb. He will destroy the power of the curse, bringing the light of life to a world covered in darkness.
these words from the gospel according to Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with them. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. For the last few years at this uh, Christmas Eve service, it is a been something that we've done is to take up a collection for a charitable cause. And this year we will take up money for the Thornwell Home in Clinton, South Carolina. And as many of you know already that Thornwell is a home for children here in the upstate. And his mission is, is, uh, is to prevent child abuse and neglect, to build up and reunite families, and to support healthy communities in the name of Jesus Christ. All the money that is collected tonight will go directly to Thornwell. And if you would like to give, there are many ways that you can give to this uh, just wonderful and uh, just very needed organization. Um, We do have offering plates on the back on either side of the door as you exit. You can put money in there. Um, You can also give tonight through Venmo and PayPal. And I will say it is truly a worthy gift. And it is a gift in the spirit of those first Christmas givers the wise men who brought their gifts for no other reason than to honor the Christ child. For when we give or in any way that we support the weakest and the most vulnerable among us, we honor the Savior who gave everything to us.
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe in him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives life to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus said to us, he said, I am the light of the world, that whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus also said, you are the light of the world, the light of the gospel, of God's promise, his grace, his joy dwells in you. It is the gift of Christ. It is God's gift to you. The story of the salvation of the world is your story now. The light of Christ is in you. So that you would take this good news into the dark world and share the light of promise. The story of salvation goes on as long as we carry the light of Christ. As long as we keep our lamps burning and wait faithfully for the return of our Lord. We carry his light still as we look for Christ to come again. As he came down to us that night so long ago.
Friends, now as the light of Christ fills you, go and share the light with all the world. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious to thee. May the Lord lift his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.